You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to bring us a kingdom of generosity that is displayed in the generosity of Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I would uh, like to point out to you uh, what you uh, have just been singing recently, and uh, just so that you know what what you've been saying. I know that for me, as kind of a non-singing person, Bill is kind enough to you most of the time to bring down the level on my microphone when I'm singing so that you don't have to hear that. Um, And and a lot of times I'm kind of looking forward in the service and writing down a prayer request that I remembered or or something like that while we're singing. Um, I don't know how you engage with these hymns, but uh, this is uh, some of what you were singing. Uh, You you were saying, uh, uh, take my life and and let it be, uh, consecrated Lord to thee. Uh, Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Uh, So so you you were telling God, uh, take my life. Now, usually when I, I see this hymn, I kind of chuckle because, you know, uh, usually the, the way that the hymn title goes is take my life and let it be. Uh, and usually the way that I understand that and probably the way that we honestly understand it is, Lord, take my life and let me be. Just sort of let me be alone. Don't, uh, I, I don't want anything. Uh, but the hymn actually is like, Take my life and let it be consecrated to thee. Uh, take my life and, and do all of this stuff. Let my feet be you know, your feet. Let my hands be your, your hands. And on top of that, take my silver and my gold. Uh, not a mite would I withhold. You, you all said that. I, I just want to point that out. Um, and, and this was pointed out to me a long time ago when, when we had sung this song in, in a church setting. And, and the preacher then uh, looked at all of us and he said, you all said that, liars! Because, you know, there, there's something about this. We, we sing it and we're like, yeah, that sounds great. Take, you know, take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. And we're kind of like, what's a mite? It's a small bug. But here it means it's a small piece of money. And, and there's kind of this sense in, in this hymn of like, oh my goodness, what did I say in church? What, what did I, I tell God as I was singing to him? And so now maybe you're like, I'm never singing another song in church again. Thank you very much. Because it's, it's kind of frightening what God expects of us, right? It's kind of frightening what God expects of us. And, and that sense of fear of what God expects of us is important to remember as we dig into this gospel lesson. Uh, the, that sense of fear of, of you know, what you might fear of 
having agreed with God around is what this rich young man is dealing with. Now, the, the rich young man never gets a name in the Gospels. We, we don't know uh, who he is, and, and maybe that's for his benefit. Maybe he goes away disheartened, but he comes back eventually. We don't know what happens to him, but we know that this story is here in the Gospel of Mark in order to, to teach us something. And so, you know, we go through the story of uh, this, this story in the Gospel of Mark, and, and we go through the story, and, and we go, okay, so what happened? Well, on the outset, what happened is this guy comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do in order to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, commandments. Uh, the, the guy says, done. Jesus then says, sell everything. The guy says, uh, see you later. And then from that, we, we kind of go, oh, well, okay, if I'm going to be a Christian, well, if I'm going to be maybe a really good Christian, what I need to do is I need to sell everything that I've got and go and follow Jesus. And there's probably something to that, but there's also probably something to that that we're sort of, well, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit hard for me to do that. It's going to be a little bit hard for me to sell everything that I've got and go and follow Jesus, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I need some stuff. And so how do we figure this out in a way that allows us to continue to have some stuff? Now, there is an important moment here. And that important moment is one in which maybe we need to recognize that our stuff is too much. Maybe we need to recognize that, you know, that the car we're driving is a little bit too much of a car. The house that we're living is maybe too much of a house. Maybe the possessions that we have is a little bit too much of a possession. Maybe all of the stuff of life is a little bit too much for us. But for some of us, some of us, we, you know, some of you here, some of you online, you're going, I'm broke as a joke. This is great. All of you rich people, you need to give up all of your stuff, but I get to walk out of this gospel lesson without having felt guilty in any one minute bit because I have nothing. In which case, you're reading this gospel lesson wrong. Because what Jesus is doing in this gospel lesson is he's not doing sort of rich shaming. He's not doing possession shaming. What Jesus is doing here is, in fact, he's telling us about the generosity of God's kingdom. The generosity of, of a kingdom that came into human existence through Jesus coming himself into our world. And yet, we so often take this story of God's kingdom's generosity and we turn it into something that is so mean and insignificant in terms of that understanding. Because this is not just a story about us having possessions or not having possessions. This is a story about how we inherit eternal life. And that's the important thing that we need to walk out of this gospel lesson with. We need to walk out of this gospel lesson with a sense of 
how do we inherit eternal life? It has to be that, that question that the rich young ruler brings to Jesus. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk back through the story. And instead of just treating it at its surface level, we're going to walk back through it and we're going to dig a little bit deeper and see the other stuff that's happening here. So this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and this rich young ruler, he, he kneels before him and he says, good teacher, what must I do? Now, right away, Jesus points out, we, we see that in the gospel, that, that Jesus is sort of mystified by this greeting. He, he's like, why do you call me good? And, and to us, we're like, well, because you're Jesus. <laughs> you're good. That's who you are. But, but in this context, good would have meant something on, on the level of divine. It would have meant something on, on the level of holy. And, and so when, when this man is kneeling before Jesus, he actually knows kind of who Jesus is. He knows that he's more than just a teacher. He, more than just a rabbi. And, and he's kneeling before him and he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm adding some stuff here because I recognize how good you are. And Jesus sort of parries with him on that. And he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. So if you're calling me good, does that mean that you think that I'm God? And this guy seems to be kind of towing into that understanding. Kind of going, okay, yep, yeah, I, I think I'm maybe kind of there. I think I'm maybe ready to put my faith in you as, as you are God. But his understanding of God seems to be a little bit, mm, just not quite right. And that, point, that gets pointed out here in the, the next thing that he says. So, so he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I don't know if any of you have ever received an inheritance, but an inheritance by its very definition in nature is not something that you work for. It is there because of a relationship. Now, you can mess up the relationship and not have the inheritance anymore, but that doesn't mean that you're working for the inheritance. And this guy is understanding an inheritance as a wage. He's saying, I, what do I have to do? And Jesus is like, well, it's an inheritance, but, but Jesus then says, okay, well, it's an inheritance. The things that will kick you out of that inheritance are, and he lists the commandments. Now, interestingly, he sort of summarizes and, and, and uh, gives the commandments, but he only gives the second half of the commandments, right? So, so in that, we don't hear anything about the Sabbath. We don't hear anything about taking the Lord's name in vain. It doesn't, uh, we don't hear anything about uh, e even the, the, the first commandment, which is you shall have no other gods before me. We don't hear any of that. He just says, take care of your neighbors, Take care of your neighbors, and, and, and that is what I'm, I'm telling you. That, that's what Moses tells you to do. And the guy says, done. Which is interesting. Because this guy is so sure that he has fulfilled Every commandment in the second table of the law, those, those commandments that are all about treating your neighbor right. He's so sure that he's taking care of all of that, but he's so insecure. He's at such a point 
where he says, I've done it all. I have been the very best version of myself that I can be. I have even been better than a version of myself. I've been a version of somebody else. Because I've, I've done all of this good stuff. But I'm still so afraid that I'm stopping your procession, your traveling entourage through my town, and I'm kneeling down before you, and I'm calling out to you saying, good teacher, what do I have to do? There's something deep down inside him that knows that he can work and work and work and get to be a very, 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 very good person and still be utterly afraid when it comes to his relationship with God. Now here again, maybe this is a moment where you're like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not a good person at all. I don't have to deal with what this guy's dealing with. I sin all the time. That's true. It's true for all of us. But the interesting thing about that is that sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking that if we just worked a little bit harder, if we just got to be a little bit more like this guy, then we could have some security with God. We go, okay, I, I know God and I's relationship is on the rocks right now. But... The way that I would fix that, if I wanted to fix that, and I'm not even sure that I want to fix that, is that I'd have to work really hard. Well, it's interesting what Jesus comes back at the guy with. So Jesus comes back at the guy, and, and uh, the, the guy is, is saying, yeah, I've done all the commandments. I'm uh, st still kind of afraid, still not sure you know, how I'll be treated. And, and Jesus says, all right, buddy, you, you, you want something to do? Go and sell everything that you've got. And the rich young ruler goes, oh, ouch. <laughs> That, that's, that's maybe the one thing. That's my breaking point. I can't do that. Maybe that's your breaking point. Maybe your breaking point is if somebody came to you and said, you have to give up everything, you have to sell everything that you've got, and you've got to go and just follow Jesus as sort of a, a homeless, itinerant disciple. Then you would say, whew, man, this Jesus thing is great, but I don't know. But some of you are like, well, I've got about 20 bucks uh, wrapped up in possessions in my dorm room that I would gladly leave 
Uh, so yeah, that that yeah, I I can do this. But maybe there's something else that's your breaking point. So what is it for you? Is that breaking point your family? Would you give up your family? Is that breaking point your reputation? Would you give up your reputation? Is it your intellect? Is it your creativity? You see, all of us have that breaking point. And that breaking point is interesting when you think about what Jesus tells this guy. You see, Jesus actually does the two tables of the law here. He just does them in reverse order. He says, hey, here's all the second table of the law stuff. Here's all the stuff about taking care of your, your relationship with your neighbor. Have you done all of that? The guy says, check. And then he says, another summary. But this summary is not a summary of the second table of the law. This summary is a summary of the first table of the law. The first table of the law, which sort of summarized all within itself, is love the Lord your God with all, 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 painfully all, your heart and your mind and your strength and your soul, all of your all. Including the breaking point, part of your all. And Jesus says, have you done that? And along with the rich young ruler, we respond with despondency. Because we're crushed. Yeah, maybe I'm a nice guy to my neighbor, but I'm not all. There are some things that are beyond my breaking point. And that is a recognition that is important for us. Because without that recognition of our breaking point, without our recognition that we could never get to the all, without that recognition of that we are really sinful human beings who cannot give of our entire mind, heart, soul, body, well, we wouldn't need a savior. If we could do all of that, if we could be like this man and say, check, 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 ten times through the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't need a Jesus. But what God does is he recognizes that we have that breaking point. Whatever that might be for you. And he says... I'm sending my son. I'm sending my only begotten son, which for so many of us would be the breaking point. I'm sending my only begotten son in order to die in a brutal way, naked in front of other people, bleeding until he asphyxiates in front of others. 
so that we can deal with your lack of all. Because your lack of all is fixed by his giving all. Your breaking point is healed by him being broken on the cross. Your lack of righteousness is made up in his complete righteousness. So you don't have to walk away from this place disheartened like that rich young man. But you can walk away heartened. Knowing that you do have a breaking point. But that Jesus went beyond his breaking point into death into hell and then out the other side resurrected out of the tomb to deal with your brokenness may you this week remember that you have been called to generosity but you have been called to generosity by a God who has shown you what complete generosity looks like in giving his son to be generous to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button, which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through His church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Lord, I said.